Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Noticing. I'm your host, best-selling author Johnny B. Truant, and I'm here to help you give the muse the finger and make life your muse instead. In each 10-minute episode, I'll tell you how I spun something mundane into inspiration and show you how to do the same. If you've ever wondered how to write better, how to be creative, how to get more ideas, you're in the right place. Let's start noticing. So this one's kind of interesting. If you were on social media a handful of years ago, I know there's this really popular thing that was making its way around Facebook. So for you brand new kids, Facebook was a platform that we old people now use that everybody used to use. Anyway, it was this weird optical illusion that I still don't entirely understand the explanation for, where there was a blouse and it was striped horizontally. And I believe that in one for one set of people in one set of circumstances, this image, and it was indeed a static image. It's not like somebody was holding up and waving around an actual blouse, an actual piece of clothing, but it was um, an actual, like a, a static image that could be viewed on any computer screen. And for some people, I believe it looked black and gold. And for somebody else, it was something entirely different. And the first time I heard about this, I just didn't believe it at all. I was like, well, what the crap is that about it? It's an image. It's on screen. It's got hex values for the colors in it. How can it be two things at once? Well, there was some weird explanation for that, but that's not even the point I'm trying to make here. The point is that armed with the knowledge that there are things like that out there where you can see things two ways, and usually somebody appends some really bogus pop culture psychology theory to it, like right brain people or left brain people, I was looking for the cheat. I was looking for both sides when my wife the other day held up her phone and she said, which direction is this horse walking? And it was an animated um, image. I don't know if it was like an animated GIF or whatever, a little video. And it showed this wireframe horse. It wasn't a real horse and it didn't have any sort of a background. And if you've, I imagine you can look it up and it basically the horse you know, it had all four feet moving in the way that a horse moves. And she said, which direction is that horse walking? And I looked at it and I looked for a long time. And again, I was going into it looking for, okay, clearly it's going forward or it's going backward. And it's some thing that's causing it to seem one or the other. And so I really, really inspected it. And to me, it seemed to be going backward, but I really wanted to be sure. And so I started looking at the biomechanics of the feet And when you take a step forward, whether you're a horse or a person, and if you're a horse, shout out, please leave a comment. The um, foot goes out in the air and it kind of reaches forward and then it touches the ground and then there's kind of a pulling motion. And that's what it looks like is, you know, if, if the person is static, if the camera is static, then it looks like it's pulling the ground forward. And obviously you are then propelled forward, but your foot remains in contact and then it moves to behind you. And there's that sort of a rhythm. There's a reaching and a pulling and a reaching and a pulling. And this horse was not doing that. So like objectively, unless there was some super weird next level illusion going on, I did not see any way in the world that it could possibly be going forward because it was clearly planting its feet behind at the back side of its stride and pushing forward. That is the mechanics of walking backward. So I looked for a really long time because I hate being tricked by things like this. I hate when somebody goes, ha ha ha, sucker, you didn't see it. So I eventually handed it back and I said, okay, that horse is clearly going backward. I don't see any way that it could be going forward at all. And I gave her what I just gave you about the mechanics. And my wife is a horse person. And so she agreed, but she kept scrolling and looking through the comments. 
And then eventually, a short while later, and I, by the way, I don't know if this part of it is true, but that doesn't matter to the lesson, is she said that uh, somebody in the comments was saying that this isn't actually meant to be seen two ways at all. It's not an optical illusion, and it is, in fact, a test for conformity to basically a psychological experiment to see if when people were set, were told that the horse was walking forward. And I imagine if this, if this is true, there was probably a group and they probably had a bunch of plants. They probably had like, if there were, you know, five people in a group, they probably had three people of the, of the five who were very convincing talking about how clearly it's going forward. And then the question is to see whether the last one or two people would agree just to agree. And I have seen a lot of this. I'm kind of interested in psychology in general. And I would say that if you are a storyteller in any form, be it visual or a prose writer, like a novelist like me, then psychology is a really interesting thing to study because that's what you're doing. You're doing pop psychology by telling stories. And the more you can understand how people's brains work, the better things will work. And so I've seen these sorts of conformity experiments before, and I could imagine it working that way. And again, I don't know if it's true, but that was kind of what made me go, oh, that's interesting. And so as artists, we're facing this sort of thing all the time. And it's sometimes it's gross and sometimes it's subtle. That's gross as in large. I'm trying to do a thesaurus thing here. Gross as in large or sometimes it's very small and sometimes it's overt and sometimes it's not. And what I'm talking about here is the, basically the the quiet or sometimes very loud urge to conform. And so we've all, you know, run across these stories. There are legend out there of artists who have some grand vision and they are warring with people about sharing their vision. It's something that somebody says, well, that's profane or that's stupid or no, you can't do that. And so in art, that's very common. Anytime something is controversial, a lot of times it comes down to this, the artistic decision to say, well, I'm a creator, I'm going to do what I want, and whether it's popular or not. And that's kind of the, the big level. But then it's it's much smaller too. Where, where do you decide that you're going to make a very subtle shift because there is kind of a popular opinion out there and you just, you're okay with going with it, or you think that something might sell better? Or you think that a a gallery might be interested in it. If you have a certain group that right now is very hungry for the kind of art that you create, you might decide consciously or subconsciously that this would have a better better chance of success if it were adapted in some small way or maybe even a large way. And it doesn't even have to be jaded. Sometimes it's like, well, I want my art to reach and resonate with the best, best people. And so you have to walk this fine line where you go, am I compromising my art in a negative way or am I compromising it in a positive way? Because that's ultimately the goal of the artist to convey everything that I'm doing in the most effective way possible, or am I doing neither? And I'm just going to stick to my guns. And I think that there are pros and cons to all those, like sticking to your guns is something that's usually glamorized. It's usually something that people feel, well, you stick to your guns and that's a, a good thing. But sometimes the, the flip side of sticking to your guns is being stubborn. And sometimes people, that expression, you cut off your nose to spite your face, obviously, it's just you stuck your gun so much that you stuck yourself right out of business or you stuck yourself into the the poorhouse or the the dumb artist's house because your your art was it was just too dumbly stubborn because you you weren't willing to adapt. Because remember, 
adapting is on the same spectrum as conformity. It's just a, a version that we tend to accept a little bit more. So as artists, there's that element of it. But even the characters, the anything where, where you have con- conformity and rebellion is very interesting as from a character perspective and having characters who are rebels, characters who are, are real strong conformers and people who are conforming for like an idealistic reason. And, and then the one that I'm most interested in, well, that, that, that's the most fun is the character who non-conforms, who rebels just like everybody else. So doing styling your hair in a different fashion or like dyeing it a color is really out there if nobody's doing it. But it's either a poser move in some instances where like you're the only one who's doing it, but you're doing it to be cool and unique, or you're conforming to a group of other people who are all dyeing their hair too. So where is that? And then exploring the risks that come with it too. What are the social implications? I know that um, uh, there's, I, I don't remember the the source, but I know somebody uh, in a professional situation who had tattoos up and down their arm. Now this was a while ago, so this might be more acceptable, but a lot of people don't want a tattooed lawyer. I actually have a, a noticing on that later, but that's a case too. Well, do you hide your tattoos? And so your characters are going to have that same dilemma is conforming, costing them something because it's not always a benefit playing with conformity and risk in that spectrum just gives you all sorts of ideas to play with. All right, that's it for today. If you'd like more, there's a full article about every episode on my website at johnnybtruant.com, as well as show notes and transcripts. If you find value in what I do, please consider becoming a member of the site. Just click on membership at the top. Members get extra weekly episodes of the podcast, extra companion articles, my current in-progress book, if you're into that sort of thing, and more, all for just a few bucks a month. It's basically like buying me a cup of coffee. If membership isn't for you, please show your support by subscribing, sharing, reviewing, all that good stuff. It really does make a difference. Thanks for listening and stay curious.